In the Gospel reading today, we hear about this woman who comes, stands behind our Lord and pours out the ointment on his feet, cries upon his feet, and all these things. And our Lord, in asking the Pharisee who had invited him about the question of who will love more, the one who is forgiven a little or the one who is forgiven much. Now, if we are filled with pride, we might be looking at things and saying, well, my sins aren't very big compared to whomever. But if we're humble, we're going to be able to, all of us, say, I'm the worst sinner ever. Now, again, you might look at it and go, no, 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 no. No, look at those abortionists killing all those babies. I'm not worse than they are. Maybe, maybe not. Objectively, no, our sins maybe aren't bigger than theirs. Subjectively, however, maybe they don't know. Maybe they have no clue. They are so completely messed up in their mind that they honestly don't know, morally, that is, how heinous what they're doing is. I can't say that when it comes to my sins. Yeah, maybe it's not. They're not as big as that person's, but because I know better, I'm actually held more responsible. When you look at some of the saints who never in their life committed a mortal sin, they will be the first to tell you that they are the worst of all sinners. Whatever is the worst sin you have committed, you just can't believe that you could actually do such a thing. That's the way the saints are. So if the worst thing you ever in your life did was tell a little fib to your mom, for the rest of your life you're going to say, I can't believe I did something so horrible as to do that to my own mother. And most of us would look at that and go, really? That's the worst thing you ever did? But that's why the saints would look at themselves as being such horrible sinners. They're seeing it not in the objectivity of what the action was, but in the fact that they violated God. And they are horrified by the fact that they would have done that. And that's why they can see that they are the worst of all sinners. Now, we live in a society that sin truly abounds. And we all have people around us that are making all kinds of rationalizations as to why it's okay for them to be sinning. And we live now in a church where we're seeing the same garbage. We have priests and bishops who are telling people that it's okay to sin. We have priests and bishops who are actually trying to change the church's teaching so that hideously immoral, sinful, disgusting things are now supposed to be considered okay. And so we look at why we need a purification. So in the first reading, we hear God saying, return to the Lord, bring with you words. You don't need to buy God's charity or his mercy. You can't. 
He's looking for a change of heart. He's looking for us to say, what I have done is wrong. That's what he was waiting for with Israel. That's what he was rejoicing in, in this woman who came to him in the Pharisee's house. But before the people of Israel would be willing to do that, he tells us something different. It's not in the reading today. He said, I will lead her out into the desert. I will allure her and I will speak to her heart. She had to get rid of all of the garbage and go out into the desert so she could size things up and say, really, what's important? All this filthy trash that I have made so important or the Lord? The love of God or the love of myself and the love of my pleasure and the love of all my whatever that I've been selfishly hanging on to. And unfortunately, because we are so selfishly hanging on to it, God has to pry it out of our fingers. And that's exactly what he's going to do. He needs to wake us up because we are professional rationalizers. It's okay for me because. It's not as bad as. Well, it could be worse. Leave me alone because. We have every reason in the book why it's okay for us to sin. God simply says, no, it's not. And until you are willing to repent, nothing is going to happen. And we haven't been willing to repent. Oh, sure, some of the big things that maybe we do, yeah, we've repented of that. But it's okay for me to keep doing this. It's okay for me to keep doing that. No, it's not. But we sure rationalize our way around it. So God's going to lead us out into the desert. The church needs to be purified in a huge way. Our country needs to be purified in a huge way. The church is Jesus Christ. Our country has been dedicated to the Immaculate Conception. There is nothing more pure than our Blessed Lord and our Blessed Lady's Immaculate Conception. And what are the two most sinful places right now? The United States of America and the Roman Catholic Church. The two places that should be the most pure have become cesspools. But God isn't just going to say, well, you lose then, forget you. No, he's going to say, I'm going to purify them. I will lead them out to the desert and I will speak to their heart. And that's what he's now going to wait for, is for us to repent as a church, as a country, but as individuals. It's easy to stand there and say, oh, look at all those people. Look at those bishops and priests. Look at what the, what's going on out in <clears throat> Washington, D.C. Yeah, look at what's going on in my own heart. That's what the Lord is really looking for. Yeah, the country needs to be purified. Yeah, the church needs to be purified, and it will be. But you and I need to be purified, and we will be. And so are we willing to come back to him 
with true repentance for what it is that we have done? Are we willing, like that woman, to cry at his feet, to be able to take whatever little bit we've got and anoint his feet, to be able to recognize that our only hope is in the mercy of God, not in my pride, which tells me it's okay for me to sin. God understands. He doesn't care. It's all right. It's not as bad as whatever. No, that's a bunch of trash. Our only hope is in the mercy of God. And until we are willing to repent and acknowledge, not from our heads, but from our heart, the fact that we need the mercy of God, the fact that I am the biggest sinner on the face of the earth, and I need the mercy of God more than anybody. Not all oh, you people need the mercy of God. Good thing that he doesn't need me to need his mercy because <laughs> there might not be enough to go around, you know, when it's all of you. So thankfully he doesn't have to do that for me. Oh, no, 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 no. It's the other way around. I need it first. And then that needs to overflow. Thankfully his mercy is infinite. And he is willing to give that to anyone who is willing to repent. But that's where the rub comes. We must be willing to repent, to change our lives, to come back to the Lord, and to truly confess our sins and to truly seek to change our lives.